welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by VistaPropertyReport.com. Check it out. They use smartphone technology to do site selection and in property analysis. If you go to uh, VistaPropertyReport.com slash CRE show, you can get a discount and get some free reports. So do check it out. But today we're talking about something extremely important. It's the possible repeal of the 1031 exchange. Now, this has been around for 100 years, and it was put in place to help the economy, to help jobs, to help produce tax revenues for the federal and local governments and municipalities. And there's some talk now by, by people learning for president that maybe they would do away. Well, not maybe. They're saying they will do with the 1031 exchange. And it looks on the, when you look at the cover, it looks like, oh, well, that's good. You're taking money from fat cats and you're taking care of people who need it. Well, the real problem is what it really does to the economy, what it really does to jobs. And it seems like every four years we have to get out and re-educate uh, government officials about why this has been around for a hundred years. Please welcome my guest is Dan Wagner. He's senior VP with government relations with Inland. He's a past president of Chicago Association of Realtors. He was the commercial liaison for NAR in 2016. He was an offer for the Illinois Realtors. He was an officer there. Dan, thank you for being with us again, sir. Michael, it's always wonderful to be with you. I, I miss you since we haven't been able to go to the NAR conventions. It's oh, yeah, those we're always together. Yeah, that's been great interviewing you over the years, a wealth of, of information. And uh, let's get right to the numbers of this thing, because I think if you just read the headlines or, or the soundbite, it sounds like doing the away with the 1031 only hurts uh, the wealthy people. But let's get right to the numbers. It really has a devastating impact on the economy on and on GDP, right? Yeah, absolutely, Michael. One of the things that uh, that was done uh, during the last uh, tax reform in the, the 2017 reform is that all these different associations came in together, about 16 of them, and they they did uh, they they did an Ernst and Young study, which was a macro study for the 1031, and they did the Lean Petrova study, which is a micro economic study, and those studies are being actually updated uh, as we speak. But one of the things that the, uh, the Ernst & Young study found out is that when you take a look at all the aspects of what, how real estate impacts uh, the, the uh, communities, you would have a decline in GDP by $27.5 billion. It's a billion. Billion, yep, per year. Ooh. Yes. That's that is crazy because it, this, the 1031 exchange and, and, and all you listeners, um, you're very experienced. And you know, the 1031 exchange allows people to, to sell uh, real estate and exchange into like kind properties and defer the gain. And when they do that, it really, uh, it really helps people want to sell properties, renovate their properties. It brings a lot of, of jobs. There's a lot of, of people who make money, a lot of tax revenues around these transactions, right? Absolutely. The the thing that the studies found is that every time that you do a 1031 exchange, you're going to have about 30 jobs are going to be created. So the concept is pretty easy. The, the idea that owners um, maintain and buyers renovate. So when you do a 1031, there's actually more money there because you're not having to give it to Uncle Sam. So roughly about a, for every million dollar 
worth of property, you spend roughly $300,000 on your capital gains, your depreciation recapture, plus uh, there's the Obama medical tax. And when people have more money, they're able to get either to a bigger property or they have the money to renovate. And so when the 1031 happens, you have people selling, you have the realtor making money, the title insurance, the uh, appraiser, the lawyers, you go into all the way down the line of uh, people that are going to be fixing the, the uh, driveways to renovating the buildings and so on and so forth. And all those people, one of the things they tracked is all the people pay income tax on that money. So when they, when they do a deal, the deals create all the synergistic aspects. It's like the spark plug of the economy. And when these people, um, when when people don't have any any impetus to want to sell because they'll have to pay all these taxes and that they will not sell and so there's a lock-in effect michael yeah and that lock-in effect keeps makes some of these buildings deteriorate right you see in your neighborhood or where you work you see a building that's that's looking terrible it's probably because the seller doesn't want to sell because you don't want to pay the taxes on the gain and you think about that first sale uh, on that uh on that property, it turns into to another sale or possibly even two or, or more sales, right? And yes. so it just all compounds itself. And then also you have um, the municipality where it's located. Not only are they getting money spent, they're also getting uh, maybe a new tax value on that property, right, at, upon that sale, and they're getting the transfer tax. Absolutely. The studies show that the transfer taxes are a big deal for the local and state governments. But you were one step ahead of me, as always. Uh, you were right. The, uh, the whole idea of the assessors being able to have a new uh, amount to assess a property at that increases the value of it so that people can, um, the different school districts, everything else, will gain more money. And with the lack of effect, that hurts it. But um, you and you have 35 years in this business. So I bet you have experience of what some of your clients have done to help communities. Yeah, I mean, uh, recently had a client sell some deteriorated property because the uh, a buyer and redeveloped it, spent a lot of money, created a lot of jobs around that property. And because they could do a 1031, they did sell. And then they went and bought two more properties. So the amount of, of income and tax, uh, income taxes and increase in property taxes and the revenues is just incredible compared to them just sitting on that property, which is what they would have done. That's exactly what they would have done. And you talked about uh, one of the one of the slights against this. People say it's oh for fat cats. The other thing they try to shoot for is that this is uh, 1031. Uh, people don't pay their taxes. They just keep deferring them until they get a stepped up basis for their heirs to take it over when they die. But the studies show that over 88% of 1031s end in uh, a taxable uh, exchange so that people eventually cash out and they pay the tax. And that's important to, to know and the synergistic aspects of this is so important. But fat cats, you know, these are this is basically a majority of mom and pop folks that have their, their uh, six flat and they're using that to help put their kid through college or they're paying their, their monthly bills with it. And that's what 1031s are for, is for people, like we like talking about, it's like a 401k of real estate. People are able to grow their money, just like you do with a 401k, and then when you cash out, that's when you pay your tax. And if you can grow it tax-free, that gives you more money to invest, and it just makes sense. Yeah, and you're deferring your taxes. You're not, uh, you're not just, you're, like you said, 88% of people end up paying, paying it anyway. Um, and you, talk, you mentioned 401k, that kind of reminds me of, you know, if the 1031 exchange is abolished, I could see real estate values on rental homes and on commercial real estate 
really dropping now at the very wrong time. It's it, you're absolutely right. The, uh, one of the things that uh, that we know is that the 1031 is important no matter what is happening in the economy. But right now, COVID has really uh, it, it's made the the commercial real estate engines you know backfire. And if you threw this uh, this on top of it, you'd have the commercial real estate engine just seize up. Uh, COVID is uh, is nothing to uh, to um, not take a look at. It's something very important. And it, it's the the studies uh, that or the the proposal that was given by one of the presidential candidates was to highlight this before COVID even came out. And so uh, it's, it didn't even take into consideration any aspect of what's going on in the real world of uh, of the commercial world. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you think my, some people may think of the tenth order exchange for just commercial real estate. You know, we do it with apartment complexes and shopping centers and office buildings. Um, but it's also just um, mom and pops, right? It's people who own rental houses, right? Maybe they own a, a second house and they rent it out and create rental stock and they're renovating and, and fixing up and creating great rental properties. So it, it's not just the fat cat. Absolutely. And, but, you know, let's jump into the other concept of it because I know you have some uh, land brokers that work with you and your business. The farmers, this is very, very important to every farmer is a 1031 exchange. And the other aspect of a 1031 is the conservation world. You have the you have the conservationists use the 1031 with farmers because, as we all know, farmers are uh, cash poor and dirt rich. And when farmers own the land next to rivers and streams and so on and so forth, the conservation groups get money together and they try to make conservation easements so that the farmers can go into the conservation easement. They uh, are taken care of by the conservation groups. And then that land is set aside so that water can filtrate through those barriers, those land barriers, before it gets into the Mississippi or whatever. And it is a, a big part and parcel of how farmers manage their land. And that, that's one of the big aspects of the coalition. Uh, besides the real estate organizations, there's also the, the agriculture world is big time into the 1031 exchange. Uh, yeah, that'd be devastating on them. Uh, and everyone seems to understand the value to our economy of small business to our jobs. And, you know, 1031s are also used by small businesses because, you know, they can sell a property uh, held for use in their business and do a 1031 in exchange into a, another property uh, held for use in their business. And sometimes they may have to get in a larger building or a, or a different building or a different location, and that could stifle uh, that as well. Well, that's a really good point. And they and people have, since this has been in the tax code for 100 years, people are relying on this. This is what they're banking on. And they've put together their portfolios or put together their whole, their whole lives based on it. And just to uh, randomly take this out to say it's going to pay for something else will really hurt real people. Well, there's obviously a reason this was started 100 years ago. It's worked. And, and, and it seems like there's a reason it's never been really repealed. Is because when people are educated, they understand how wonderful it is for jobs and for company, for for the economy, how for tax revenues, for the federal revenues and the and the local revenues. But it keeps getting brought up. It seems like every four years. Why is that? And 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 why should we? If it's been if it's never been repealed so far, why should we bother with it or wor not worry about it? I don't want to worry about anything. But why should we do anything about sure. it? So I'll tell you, in my experience during the last tax reform, I would walk in uh, Capitol Hill and go into different offices. And the average age of a, of a staff person on Capitol Hill is about 22 years old. 
I was talking to uh, to the staffer. I walked in. And I said, "Here, I'm here to talk about the 1031 exchange." And the staffer said, "No, 1031. It's 11 o'clock." <laughs> <laughs> so they, they just really they really don't have a clue about it. And a lot of a lot of these young staffers don't you know they don't own property, so the real estate is kind of novel to them. They don't know about it. And so it really is an important thing that the, everybody listening needs to get to know who their congressman or congresswoman, who they are, their senators, and more importantly, their staff members, because the staff need to know why this is important. And they, everybody has these stories of working with people, working with clients because they're boots on the ground. And these clients are the voters that these Congress folks want to know about. And that's what makes it the different one of the biggest organizations in the world is the National Association of Realtors. And they have a member of a realtor attached to every member of Congress. And again, it's not the Republican Party, it's not the Democrat Party, it's the Realtor Party. And that's been very successful. They have the Realtors Political Action Committee, which has been so successful. That's where realtors donate money to this PAC. And it's been an important aspect, a wonderful tool for them to use. But when you go and figure out who your congressman is or congresswoman, that is probably one of the most important things that you can do to help save your industry is by getting boots on the ground, real life experiences. And how can you make it easy for listeners to, to do that? That's a great question. Uh, you know, the, the part of the 1031 experience is the qualified intermediaries, and they have an organization called the Federation of Exchange Accommodators. If you Google that and go to their website, You'll see uh, the advocacy section of it, and I, that's will explain all the different Ernst & Young studies, Link Petrova studies. They'll also have a place where you can put in your home address, and it'll populate it and send a letter to your congressman and your two senators to let them know what you think of this stuff. But I gave, tell them the other ones I, I shot to you, Michael. Yeah, so you mentioned 1031.org and 1031taxreform.com. There you go. And I, let me highlight um, the organizations that are all working together. Uh, I want to give them a plug. The uh, Alternate, Alternative and Direct Investment Association, uh, CCIM, we know is once this, Commercial Real Estate Finance Council, the Federation of Exchange Accommodators, the Institute for Portfolio Alternatives, the International Council of Shopping Centers, the Institute of Real Estate Management, IREM, the Mortgage Bankers Association, NAREIT, the National Apartment Association, NAR, National Multifamily Housing Council, uh, RLI, Realtors Land Institute, the Farm, the farm Brokers, uh, Society of Office and Industrial Realtors, SIOR, the Real Estate Roundtable, United States Chamber of Commerce, as well as all the CPA societies, the uh, bar associations, the tax divisions of the bar associations, and then all the conservation groups. Um, we're all going to be working together, but you just, as you said, Michael, you just can't sit back and not help your industry. You've got to engage this because if we don't educate, then this is simply going to be used as a pay for for some program. Yeah, and, and it's going to really hurt the jobs, economy, uh, real estate values. Uh, it could really hurt GDP in a big way. Also, uh, we, we briefly touched on it, but just the, the housing stock and buildings in your neighborhoods and in your markets, in your areas that you're trying to improve. I mean, um, for another example, we sold a a uh, client sold a property in San Francisco that was really kind of deteriorating in that market at the time. And then they um, sold it to somebody who built a new prop, built a new building, made it nice, increased the revenues there. And then they exchanged into properties in the Southeast and we helped them uh, buy some single tenant net lease properties 
Uh, we also had another uh, client that sold a property in Atlanta that was really decrepit. And, and because of the exchange, 1031 exchange, they said, yeah, we'll sell it. Uh, nice, beautiful building uh, they bought there. They exchanged into some uh, single tenant net lease property. So if, if the 1031 was not there, neither one of those sellers would have sold. And all the revenue that comes out, the increased tax bases, the, the jobs created, the renovations, the construction, it's just amazing to see just those two deals alone going away. I can't imagine what the impact, the negative impact this would have. Yeah, we're we're trying to educate uh, Congress folks across the board, and we're we're researching with the qualified intermediaries the kind of 1031 experiences that people have in their districts. And uh, we were talking to one uh, one gentleman in the Napa Valley area, and just in one year there were six billion 1031s in his area because <laughs> it's a, a highly agricultural area. Yeah, that's a big deal. And and just because all these great um, real estate groups and other groups are fighting this doesn't mean that you guys listening to the show, everyone out here, we really need to get out there and share the devastating impact that this would have on everyone, on jobs, on GDP, on the economy, on value. Look, I don't care if you don't think you own real estate, if you've got so a 401k, you probably do. Yes, a, a great point. Absolutely. And this is the tool that's got to be part, it's been part and parcel of our tax code for 100 years. We have to keep it. There's a reason. <laughs> the reason yeah, right. There. Michael, All you're right. done. Well, Dan, thanks so much for being on the show. Great information as usual. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. All right. And thank you for listening. And, and thank you. Please share this show with people. This is important. We got to get out and tell the politicians the devastating impact. We have to have them just not look at the outside of the onion. They've got to open the onion and see the real impact, why this has been here 100 years, why it needs to stay. Please help us share the news. Uh, let us know what you think about the show uh, and connect with us on your favorite social media. And also, you're welcome to reach out to me. If you have any questions or thought, email me, call me. Uh, you can find me, Google Michael Bull. I'm easy to find. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Vista Property Report slash CRE Show. Incredible analysis using smartphone technology. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at CommercialAgentSuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.